It's not a bird, it's not a plane, it's Superhero Slate. It's a modern podcast where we talk about everything that's great. Like movies, TV, superheroes. It's Superhero Slate. Hello everyone and welcome to Superhero Slate, the show where we run down the latest superhero entertainment news. We love TV, movies, and superheroes, so let's talk it all out. My name is Chris Dillard. And my name is Mike Breyer. And this week, we're looking towards Disney Plus Day. Mm-hmm. D23 yes, weekend, right? all around. Yeah. So. I think it's just before it, right? A couple but, days before uh, D23. Well, yeah, I think like maybe like on the cusp of, of D23... Mm-hmm. Um, Lord of the Rings, they're taking over all the Earths, and we'll talk about how you might be seeing spinoffs of your favorite characters sooner than later. <laughs> what if you don't have a favorite character and you just You're gonna like see them anyway, the... Mike, to hell with okay. you <laughs> and, and not having a favorite. Um, HBO Max is getting real lean, not in a good way, and more. <laughs> Yeah, we are coming at you with Monday Night Vibes, Yes, something that I don't think we've done quite before. Whenever we've missed a Sunday, we've managed uh, the slide in maybe on a Monday afternoon, late yeah. morning, but mm-hmm. uh, busy weekend, uh, had some uh, friends slash family. Well, I guess they're all family now because they just got married mm-hmm. yep. in uh, Denver over the weekend. Uh, wild, never been to a... Um, an outdoor wedding where okay. it rained before, uh, so, and dude. it only rained exactly during the ceremony, which was oh. hilarious. So I was like drenched in my suit, but like, if you've never been drenched in a suit before, it's not as crazy as I think it would be. Like, you know, the weather came and I just air dried pretty quickly, and by yeah. the end of the night, it was like I was never rained that, on before. That is wild. hilarious. <laughs> um, one of my wife's coworkers got married this weekend, and it rained, so they did this the the the, the ceremony. And they were like, all right, you're married. Run and started pouring rain. And everyone had to pick up their chairs in the rain and run inside. Um, so, <laughs> like, literally, again, nowhere near Denver, Mike, uh, myself. So, uh, I think that's funny that we were both in uh, rainy weddings this weekend, or at least at yeah, rainy weddings. Yeah, they were, they were, yeah, they were getting really close to bad luck because they had, like, decorations during at their venue and they had like this this mirror that was like painted with their names in front of it as you walked in these huge wind gusts came in knocked that thing over and then like we started running over there to save the decorations and i was like oh man that if that mirror just broke that is going to be some super duper extra bad luck but luckily it survived intact so yeah crazy weekend very busy didn't get back till late just watched she hulk uh just a couple of hours ago Mm -hmm. so uh struggling to avoid uh spoilers and easter eggs and Mm -hmm. like people's little favorite bits through social media but now i'm here ready to record catch up with everything and i'm here with you chris to do that we are here we 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 saw an opportunity to record on uh, monday evening and we took it um it's it's right after kind of work for you and it's like right before bed for me so it's like we're like it's weird (laughs) like we're we're both at weird energies right like that where we're not normally so um let's let's roll with it so i'm gonna jump in we're gonna keep this um like you said efficient mike if you will uh this weekend i was able to go see dragon ball super superhero literally 30 minutes before i had to leave for this wedding i got out of this movie so like i was cutting it close man i was i was on the wire to go watch this movie in theaters um, if you're not up to date with Dragon Ball, uh, Dragon Ball Super, 
um, you know, not watched the last outing, which was Dragon Ball Broly, you might be confused as hell with this. I believe my wife was. Um, now she's like, I need to go back and, and figure out what they're the key episodes. I'm like, I cannot tell you what key episodes in Dragon Ball are. Um, do you do you like it when they charge up? Because we got a lot of episodes where they charge up. Um, but the Dragon Ball Super. Uh, superhero is very interesting because um, two things. Number one, this is one of those movies where the uh, main cast is actually not Goku and Vegeta, right? Uh, they they lean into Piccolo and Gohan, who have a, a working relationship from Dragon Ball Z, right? You know this. Um, <laughs> I've never heard it described as a working relationship. <laughs> yeah, That's really yeah exactly. Uh, online, they call him uh, Gohan's real dad uh, as Piccolo. Um, <laughs> but the uh, villains are actually throwbacks to the Dragon Ball era. Of, of this um, series so um, the Red Ribbon Army you may have heard of them throughout some mm-hmm. of that stuff um, they were they're definitely the antagonist here but I would say the biggest thing you know for anyone who may not they actually did this in like a 3d um, animation like cell shaded animation so everything has like depth to it like for like for the first time in like a Dragon Ball movie because Broly was kind of still even like that two-dimensional like drawing so um, it was very interesting to to watch this. Uh, this this whole series kind of get a makeover uh, thirty years later into like a modern uh, animation style, which is crazy to see. But it wasn't bad. It, it it took me like a minute to kind of adjust, but once I got into the rhythm of it, it was pretty good. Um, one thing you know is great is they still have the the original voice actors doing this from like the early two thousands. Mm-hmm. Uh, whenever we we grew up watching this, Mike, so it's great to just kind of fall back and like ah. I know these voices. I know these characters. Um, so that was really fun. But, uh, yeah, if you're into Dragon Ball Super, that's in theaters now in English. Um, it'll probably be on, what's that, Crunchyroll, I believe, is where Dragon Ball lives right now. Pretty sooner than later um, for that. But, I, I yeah, I, I, if you're into it, you probably already know. I don't need to tell you to go see it. If you're not into it, you don't need to watch this. You're going to be very confused about what's going on. Um, <laughs> the the best part about this was uh, last week uh, after we got uh, got the show, the biggest uh, crossover in Fortnite ever is the Dragon Ball for uh, crossover. So you get to play as Goku running yeah, around I, with a machine gun, uh, killing yeah, killing off other memes, people. Yeah, the memes from from that update is crazy. Yeah. There's just a uh, perfect encapsulation screenshot of Indiana Jones wearing an Among Us backpack, yeah. shooting a Kamehameha to win the match, and it was like, I couldn't, I, it's like I couldn't, it's like yeah. I was work, looking at a weird, like, archaeological, archaeological find, you know, yeah. no pun intended with the big Indiana Jones. It's like, what is an alien going to think yeah. if they're a hop on our Twitter feed, sir? They're just going to be, they're going to be so confused. Yeah, well, what's great about it is, that, you know, this used to be fan fiction, fan art stuff. Now you just jump in a game and you can recreate it at any given moment. <laughs> um, uh, it's, it's, it's really fun to watch it, so... Uh, yeah, all that all that fun stuff. There's um, if you also do the free quests, you can unlock uh, Shinron as your glider, the the the, the dragon yeah. from the Dragon Balls. But uh, yeah, I, I was able to go see that. I was very very excited to go see that. Um, I know you've not been out in theaters because you were out in Denver, but you got to watch some other stuff here. Uh, looks like you finally got to ca- catch yes. up on one of Sony's big releases for the year. Yes, luckily, when you are on a plane, you are on the hunt for the perfect plane movie, which Mm -hmm. is usually something you're only going to watch if you're tied down in an airplane and nothing that you really want to experience in a cinematic way on a bigger screen. So I feel like the perfect encapsulation of that is uh, Uncharted, starring uh, um, Tom Holland and Mark Wahlberg. 
which is on Netflix, one of the, I guess, uh, advantageous uh, deals where Sony is sending a lot of its uh, big movies to Netflix. So I pre-saved that, downloaded it to my phone, hopped on my Southwest flight, and watched uh, Uncharted and was uh, treated to a very unremarkable and incredibly average action film, Mm -hmm. which is not necessarily bad on the whole. But it was entertaining I, for two hours, you know, when you're crammed in between two people. I know you're a big I, I fan of the... I don't have much else. <laughs> well, I was going to say, I know you're a big fan of the video game franchise. So that's why I was... Yeah, there was a there was a couple moments where I, I felt like I was slightly reliving moments of the games, uh, which I've played all of them by now. So it was kind of fun whenever I was able to dip back into that feeling. But it, it came and it went very quickly. Uh, they they rushed the the origin story, if you will, which is kind of unfortunate because really the origin of um, Nathan Drake and Sully in the video games, we never really get to visually see it, you know? So this was the opportunity for where we could actually show them like actually meeting up and getting together. But now that I think about it, maybe there was a brief moment in the video game. Oh, I remember it now. And I think that was actually more entertaining because you got to play it. Mm-hmm. So uh, very Tom Holland is very charming, though. This is really the first time I've seen him in something like kind of comedic action-y outside of Spider-Man. Yeah. So uh, will they get a sequel? They made an after credit scene that looked like it was plucked right out of the next movie. So it seemed like they were hopeful back when they were making the movie. So... Uh, we'll see if it ever gets a sequel. Mm-hmm. I think I would watch it, but I would not pay to go see it. So Netflix seems to be the perfect avenue well, for maybe the next Uncharted film. Um, comparing it to Morbius, the other Sony movie released this year, which would you rank higher? <laughs> oh, Uncharted, undoubtedly. Okay. Like Uncharted to me is like a like a C C minus. Like Morbius uh, failed the failed the assignment uh, through and through. Um, but Uncharted, I, after I watched it, I was like, I need to go watch that Alicia Vikander Tomb Raider movie because yeah. it feels exactly like the trailer for that movie. Like I feel like these are like one and the same. Might as well combine the mm-hmm. universes and just uh, do a crossover, get that synergy going. But I, I think I actually could recommend Uncharted. Uh, the only unfortunate thing is the fun thing about the Uncharted games is uh, they kind of took the ploy from Indiana Jones where as those movies progress, the Indiana Jones movies, they start to like pepper in like, you know, a little bit of like mythos, a little bit of magic, a little bit of the unexplainable, right? And Mm -hmm. the video games do that really, really well. Uh, There is none of that in this movie. This movie is basically all but, um, you know, it's weird to say nonfiction because, you know, these characters can't make these jumps and do these fantastical things, but there's no like bit of like wonder or magic or that special in this. So. Maybe they'll be able to add a little bit of that when they get into a mm-hmm. sequel, if that ever happens. Yeah. But Uncharted, streaming, quote-unquote, for free on Netflix. Uh, it's a it's a brisk uh, two hours, but a little slow in the front. But if I could recommend something pretty positive, head on over to Peacock and watch the new series called The Resort, which stars two actors that I don't remember their names, but I can tell you iconic roles that you would know them from. Uh, Chidi from The Good Place, that actor's in this show, and the mother from How I Met Your Mother is also in this show. I will never be able to remember these actors' names. I just know them by their characters, but they play a married couple that go off on a anniversary vacation and get wrapped up in like a uh, murder mystery cold case. That's kind of cool, but unlike the Uncharted movie, like it's 
starting to dabble in like a little bit of like uh, like mystery and magic, but they're kind of toying with the audience where you don't know, oh, are they actually doing that? Is that actually what this is? I never watched Lost, but I imagine that's kind of what Lost was like, right? You know, you kind of started the show, you think they were just a plane crash, but then kind of these unexplainable things started happening. Um, that's kind of starting to happen in the resort. So that's still airing right now on Peacock. I don't know if it's a limited series or if it's going to possibly get a season two, but, you know, that stuff changes all the time. I think The White Lotus was a limited series, and all of a sudden it got renewed for a season mm-hmm. two. So if you got Peacock, it's, go check out The Resort. It's only limited by how many seasons they want to make of it, Mike. Uh, how popular <laughs> yes, is, that's, are these things? So. That's, the, that's the way yeah. to look at it. But that is what I watched this week. And to segue into our first topic, yeah. I was able to finally watch the very first episode of The Sandman. On I, you are you are ahead of me. I've not f- had time because we're going to talk about The Sandman, but I'm going to talk about home ownership, Mike, and how getting a hot water heater <laughs> and an air conditioner can just ruin, not ruin your day, it just exhausts you, right? Um, so within 24 <laughs> hours, I had a hot water heater replaced and an AC unit replaced, so... Um, I did not get to sit down and watch any of this stuff because at any moment they could just turn your power off and you're like, I really don't want to get into something and, and I'll have to do that. But anyway, uh, if you've not seen The Sandman, um, you know, they're, they're all on Netflix. If you have, there's another extra episode they release a month later for the show or a couple weeks, like three weeks what now uh, after um, called A Dream of a Thousand Cats. Uh, it's based, still based on the book, still same with actors, it's live action. It's um, apparently this was... Um, some someone involved in the production. I don't. I don't think it was Damon Lindelof. I think it was somebody else. Was suggested holding back an episode and releasing it later. Um, you know, this is a uh, one of those situations where honestly, I hadn't even heard of this uh, episode being made or or teased or you know, um, you know, dropping until it literally dropped on Netflix the day of. Um, and if I remember last time this happened for Netflix, was it? I believe the Cloverfield Paradox, uh, where they kind of surprise dropped something on us. So. Well, they've kind of done things like this before where a show will come out and then they, maybe they'll do like a holiday episode, mm-hmm. right? You know, kind of in the vein of like the BBC or like British uh, television shows. Right. So it's not out of the realm of possibility. But I do find it interesting because whenever like a big kind of premium project drops on Netflix, I feel like I'm always sitting back and I'm waiting. I'm waiting to see what the reception of the show is like because Netflix acts pretty quick when they determine a show is not successful and they'll put the vibes out there and you'll know, oh, we're not going to be seeing any more Sandman. But I feel after a couple days of after it was released, I started seeing Sandman stay in the top 10, top five, top three shows on Netflix. I was like, okay, this is doing pretty good, especially for a show that is not one of these like reality shows or like teen drama based shows that Netflix usually does really, really well with. So I was like, oh man, Sandman is really performing on Netflix and Netflix needs these big type of shows. So I started to see more people engage with it on social media and you definitely can tell when Netflix has a lot of faith in a show is when they crank up their meme generators on their own social media accounts. So if you follow Netflix on Twitter or Instagram, you really start to feel what the company wants to push and to promote. And I see the Sandman a Mm -hmm. lot in there. So this is good for Netflix. This is good for Sandman. But I don't think we've heard a season two yet, right? Before we jump into this, let me go back to the episode. If you watch the episode, it does include the 
Audible cast as characters in this, by the way. Because we talked about, like, James McAvoy, right? David Tennant, Michael Sheen, Sandra Oh. Like, all these people are in that episode. So it tells me, like, that's... You're talking about, you know, Netflix having faith in it. Like, whoever is doing all the same and stuff is literally bringing everyone together, right? They're like, oh my gosh, we got all these great voice actors doing the Audible series. Let's bring them in here. But as Neil Gaiman has said, you know, Netflix has not renewed this yet. And... Um, the reason for that is apparently Salmon is a really expensive show. And for Netflix mm-hmm. to greenlight slash bankroll the next season, it has to perform incredibly well. Um, but it, this show has been the top show in the world, I th- believe, until the Game of Thrones episode last night. Um, but this was the number mm-hmm. one streaming. Uh, and, well, and, and, you know, my, there's not really been anything else, right? Um, so that's that's been to the advantage of Salmon. Um, however, Gaiman has also said if Netflix does not pick this up, he has full rights to shop it around to other homes if, if he so desires. So um, the, the, I, I think, you know, again, Netflix market, I, if Netflix is pushing it, I believe they have faith in it, right? They want to ride that wave while they can. Mm-hmm. Um, but with um, Game of Thrones this week, uh, Amazon, I believe, in what, two weeks for the, the Rings of Power, um, mm-hmm. it's probably you know not on its way out but those numbers are going to drop pretty pretty quickly so this is probably where we're probably about a month out before they say yes or no on season two and and confirm it so um have you ever read the same in books before mike before we uh it's funny the episode the very first episode uh encompasses exactly the amount of sandman that i've read so i've yet to watch an episode where i didn't know what was going to happen but yeah if you just kind of read that first i don't even remember if it was the first issue or the first trade or whatever the first first issue kind of set because the trade first setup yeah yeah, the trade covers more down the road um of episodes that are that i i know you probably haven't read yet about the masks Mm -hmm. and 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 dream getting his stuff back um so yeah um, yeah so as far as far as I can tell, the adaptation of the first issue in the first episode went over well. But if I get around episode two, hopefully, uh, if I get some uh, free time, mm-hmm. it will be all new territory for yeah. me. So that'll be fun. D- did you um, – are you ex- – I guess the, the question without you, you showing your hand yes or no, are you going to want to watch more? Are you going to try to watch more? Or are you like, yeah, I'm okay? I mean, so far it's intriguing. Uh, but it seems like <laughs> I think this is just the it just depends what headspace you're in when you're like watching and binging different TV shows. It's like, am I ready to like uh, in, uh, engage mm-hmm. my time and schedule with like an hour long drama? Mm-hmm. Maybe we'll see how it goes. It's also like this is what happens kind of when things become uh, bingeable on a Netflix pl- format, right? It's just like I have like eight to ten hours in front of me to commit to Sandman, which. I'm sure that they're great hours, but it's almost like if it just came out once a week, maybe I could keep up with it a little bit better. And I know you're telling me you can just watch one episode mm-hmm. a week if you want, Mike. No, I no, I can't. I don't have the self control to do that, so it's just too daunting yeah. on my psyche. But uh, so far, so good. Okay, all right. I, I plan on watching it. Um, like I said, I just had not had a chance to sit down and do it, but I'm looking forward to possibly taking advantage of that uh, with, when uh, when I have some more free time. Um, and I'm not going out to spend money because I just spent a lot of money on my house. Uh, moving along, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Some new uh, image. Um, looks like a pre render. Shows the villain Nightmare. Uh, what his scene would have looked like. Um, you know, um, looks like you know there are four people, possibly other sorcerers on the thing. But he is riding a big 
uh, deathly, I guess, big black horse with his big horns on his helmet. But this was supposed to be the character Nightmare if he made his appearance in Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Um, uh, this is a this is a little bit of a, a bummer just because, like, I would say one of the very fair critiques of Multiverse of Madness is we didn't get a lot of multiverses. Um, and it kind of looks like maybe this could have been one of them. I mean, there's a big blue screen behind it, so, you know, you could put your creative uh-huh. multiverse back behind there. Uh, but, yeah. yeah, it seems like maybe this would have been a different I, universe. I, I Actually, I think this was um, maybe the pre-opening for Doctor Strange, um, like his, like, cold opening, I guess, if you will. Like, But, you know, the character Nightmare, I mean, it's a pretty strong character. I probably wouldn't waste him early on, maybe. Um, but um, it looks to be snowy and like on maybe on a lake, right? A nice lake, it looks like to me. Mm-hmm. So I don't know anywhere in the movie where he was on a nice lake. Um, unless maybe he, he was like this horse was like maybe one of Wanda's um, minions, maybe, possibly. I don't know. Best part about, uh, we, we talked about this, uh, cut things and things that don't happen is they're not canon. And they can use them however they want going forward, so... Um, if you want to take a look at that, that picture from Instagram here, you can check that out in our show notes. Uh, we're going to move along to another movie that also came out this year for Marvel, Thor, Love, and Thunder. Um, September will now be on Disney Plus September 8th, Mike. Uh, we are just, like, two weeks away, right? Is that, That's this one I'm looking at here, which mm-hmm. I believe is the Thursday before D23. So, um, is that a Thursday? I'm going to pull, I've got my calendar literally pulled up for this. Um, September, yeah, yeah Thursday. we're in that zone. Yeah, because like they're doing um, She-Hulks on Thursdays now. So um, they will also be adding uh, one of those assembled episodes, which is essentially the behind the scenes of Thor Love and Thunder. So um, I kind of um, like to watch that one on this one a little bit to see, you know, what how, how they made sense. Because a lot of this has got to be green screened, right? Like literally most <laughs> of Thor Love and Thunder is somewhere on the stuff of New Asgard, you know, a set. But everything else is very spacey, trippy. Got like so. I'd like to see some of the fun they were having on set. Maybe some of the the riffing. So that'll be out there. Um, speaking of more concept art, this is where this originally popped up before that Thor news came out the, today on Monday. Um, we get to see some concept art of um, uh, the Grandmaster, uh, played by can't think of the actor's name Jeff Goldblum uh, in uh, <laughs> his cut role from from Thor: Love and Thunder. And it looks like he has someone. Uh, it, like putting Korg back together, right? Because you see Korg's face in the bottom left, um, and this guy's mm-hmm. like welding on something. Maybe um, I, I don't know what he's making here, um, but yeah, I find the most interesting part that they're kind of trying to bring in the visual identity of the Celestials yeah. onto this welding helmet with these uh, dots. Yep. Which, of course, this is just concept art, but maybe there is just kind of an overall vibe over at Marvel with the visual design crew that like, hey, you know, we need to think more and more about these Celestials whenever we move forward because we're mm-hmm. trying to lean on them a little bit more, especially when you talk about the Eternals. Uh, so I like that idea yeah. about it. I, I think, think it's fun. I, I also think, and you know, it's also a Jack Kirby thing who created the Eternal, or not the Eternals, the Celestials, right? Um, so you see, like, mm-hmm. the back, like, the, the red and white, like, the lines and circles. That very feels much like an old Jack Kirby comic book. Um Mm-hmm. So like they they were very much leaning that for 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 rag or uh, not Ragnarok love and Ragnarok and love and thunder but I also say you know I go back to like Guardians one and two also kind of like borrowed some of those celestial designs so um, anything in space has definitely got a feel in the MCU so you can check out that 
bit in our in our notes below. So, um, but yeah, I I I thought maybe, wouldn't it be funny? Is other thing is that the Grandmaster shows up and instead of like going after Thor, he's like giving Korg like a robot body, like his little rock helmet would have been like on a like kind of like Meek, right? How Meek was, like, controls a little robot body. So um, mm-hmm. that have been that have been funny. But we'll we'll talk we'll talk more about maybe the Grandmaster's role in things later on, if you will. Moving on, Spider-Man No Way Home. In case you did not know, uh, the more fun version is coming on September 2nd with 11 more minutes of footage. Uh, this is the first time we've had the confirmation of September 2nd um, for this movie. Uh, this is Sony's doing, not Marvel's. Again, they, they own the distribution rights. Uh, but also, tickets are going sale online, on sale this Tuesday. So uh, I know someone who messaged me like, oh, I now have a chance to actually go see Spider-Man in theaters because I missed it the first time. Some people are excited about. Yeah, it. that's actually a good. Uh, that's actually a good. Um, good reminder there that I do forget. Even though the movie made a lot of money, there are some people that have not seen it. But to me, yeah. obviously, this is just the more money version, not yeah. necessarily the more fun version. They're just trying to scrape in a couple more box office dollars. I would expect you see those eleven minutes either on the Blu-ray or. But uh, they're not. Also uploaded uploaded to uh, YouTube yeah. at some point in time. Eventually, they, these will be watchable piecemeal. You won't have to see it on the, all at once. On the 4K and Blu-ray, they did not include any deleted scenes or anything like that. Um, well, the subsequent I, I know. Well, yeah, yeah. There will be another version. But I'm just saying, like <laughs> that. I think to me, and, and, and we talked about when this came out. That's kind of a, a slap in the face for someone who bought the actual movie on physical because you're like oh you expect stuff like that even the box says you're gonna get this this footage it wasn't anywhere to be found they cut it after they printed the box art so um to to sell more movie tickets with this it's interesting um kind of you know spider-man no way home starting with that thor love and thunder um thor love and thunder's total theatrical haul without china and without russia is more than Thor Ragnarok when they had both of those countries, um, which is interesting <laughs> to me. I, I, it may be, you know, the desire more people are trying to go back to movies, and, and, and I don't think it's a, a a better movie than Ragnarok, really. Uh, right, it's on par with it, I, I would say. But like, you know, even without the Hulk, um, it's very interesting to to see those final numbers kind of come together um, after that. So, um, Spider-Man: No Way Home also made a lot of money without going in China. So. Uh, good, good for it. Uh, speaking of Spider-Man, Sony's one of their their solid Spider-Man properties across the Spider-Verse. Uh, a new poster has been revealed for it by uh, one of the producers, Chris Miller, right? A Phil Lord, Chris Miller fame. Uh, this link is just taking me nowhere because it's dying. But um, have you seen this poster yet, Mike? Have you had a chance to take a look at yeah, it? Yeah, I'm looking at it. I'm looking at it right now. Link works just fine okay, for good. me. Uh, yeah, this definitely looks like almost like a, a, a handout that you'd see at a convention. So who knows? Maybe we'll see yeah. this being handed out at like New York Comic Con or something like that. But yeah, a depiction yeah. of Miles fighting the 2099 uh, Spider-Man, which is voiced by, remind me again? Oscar I, Isaac, Moon Knight himself. Face. That's right. <laughs> I was like, I can yeah. see his face. What's his name? Yeah. Uh, yeah, this almost looks like a... Uh, and I, this is a, a positive for the movie. This almost looks like a screenshot from the movie, yeah. which you're never really entirely sure uh, what's art, what's concept art, and what's like a still. Uh, but it looks great. Yeah. Uh, so the other thing I was going to kind of take a look at here, is he holding something in his hand or is he using his Venom Blast, his Shock Blast? 
because um, he kind of looks like something yeah. kind of like his hands like mint have something in it, but it also could be the the art style. Uh, yeah, it's hard to tell if this is just like a an action line mm-hmm. that just happens to be by his fist. Maybe it's a little more obvious if you have the physical poster and and you know right in front of you, but. Um, yeah, who knows? Maybe there's like some sort of like nano device he has to like mm-hmm. stab him with, but I don't think it'll be that antagonistic. I don't imagine Spider-Man 2099 being like the main villain that you right. need a well, MacGuffin to stop. Right, because because that's been confirmed to be the uh, the spot, right? The guy with all the the, the black suit with all the, the spot holes that are like portals. So I, I don't know what Spider-Man 29 is doing, but again, this looks pretty cool. I, I really like the. I mean, I, I don't know what art style this is, Mike. You might have a better name for it than I do, but like this is very, you know, stylized, hyper stylized, um, and and I and I love it. It's very kinetic as well. So, um, yeah, you can check that out. Uh, it goes to Twitter in our our show notes. Um, for that, excited for a possibly a trailer sooner than later, right? This is coming out early next year. So, knock on wood. Did you ever catch the Man Thing movie Marvel did with sci-fi? Back in the early 2000s? I cannot say that I have. <laughs> okay, so the Sci-Fi Network did one Marvel movie in 2005 called Man-Thing. Uh, if you're not familiar with Man-Thing, he's very close to Swamp-Thing. Um, but he does act in the comic books as one of the nexus points of, of the, the Marvel Comics universe. So, you know, we've had a lot of nexus points, right, with Agatha, Wanda, Doctor Strange, all these multiverses. Um, so it's very interesting, you know, in the comic books, he's that, and he's rumored to be in the upcoming um, Werewolf by Night series as, as a character. Again, rumors, take it with a grain of salt, however you want. But this movie that you may or may not have seen on Sci-Fi in 2005 is now on Tubi, that free streaming service that we talked about last week where you can also find Shark Side of the Moon on. So um, mm-hmm. I figured I'd give that a shout because I was like, why is Man-Thing in the news all of a sudden? Um, apparently it made its way to Tubi. The director has like, been reminiscing on how Kevin Feige was like a big, you know, big proponent of the film like hey you know he's giving feedback on the script and kind of helping out as a producer back then which was which was really cool right like you can only do so much on like i think it was under five million dollars to make that movie in 2005 um do you remember the name of the actress who plays hellcat in jessica jones on netflix Um, oh i can picture it's rachel something her yeah. Um, she's actually in that movie. Uh, she plays a different character in that movie, but that was her first foray into the superhero genre back then. So hmm. check that out on to be or not to be. I'm going to keep making that joke. I got to stop. Uh, <laughs> moving on, D23, Mike. Um, big, big event coming up. Um, the rest, uh, people are assuming the rest of the, the MCU phase, um, multiverse phase saga is going to be announced that week. Casting announcements for Fantastic Four. Rumors are running rampant you know speculation everywhere um but one of the things we don't speculate about is um disney uh and marvel have announced a games presentation for september 9th that friday at one pacific for eastern um and this is very important because you know we have a couple big ip address uh, ip address big ip um marvel games on the horizon we know very little about right um those specifically being um the PlayStation versions of Spider-Man 2 and the upcoming Wolverine game for PlayStation as well. Um, Man, bless bless any media outlets out there that cover just video games in general because the development cycle on these things are, like, so long yeah. that my brain can just not hold on to them. Like, I totally forgot that a Wolverine game was announced. 
you know, obviously I know Spider-Man is a game, but you know, it's just so far back in my head because I know these things take forever to come out. So it's always kind of like a nice little surprise for me. Like there'll be some sort of like video game expo Mm -hmm. or panel somewhere and they'll be like, oh, there's finally gameplay footage for this game that was announced like four years ago. And I'm like, oh, I forgot about that. No, yeah. this is cool. I'll, I'll check in again in two more years when it's almost done. Yeah, I, I think Spider-Man 2 is on the horizon. Wolverine is a little farther out. Those are the same studio. Um, both, I believe, purchased by Sony uh, recently. Um, it's funny, uh, you mentioned a um, um, friend of the show, Brian, uh, who does comic art with me. Uh, he recently got a PlayStation 4, and the first two games he got were Spider-Man and Miles for his PlayStation 4. Um, so he's been like live, like kind of like live texting me while he's been playing, um, and I have to play dumb at some of the points in those storylines because I'm like, oh, I know where this is going. I know what he's about to find <laughs> out, and I don't want to tell him anything. Um, so it's just fun to to listen to him kind of experience like the Spider-Man Game of the Year edition, right? Because we, we, we played it when it came out. We didn't even get the Game of the Year edition um, in, in Miles. So, uh, yeah, very excited to to see Spider-Man 2. Uh, you know, hopefully hopefully they have something there for us um, around the corner. The other games they, they did confirm, uh, they're going to talk about Disney's Dreamlight Valley, which is like uh, Tom Nook's Animal Crossing, whatever that is, for, for Disney characters. Uh, Marvel's Midnight mm-hmm. Suns, which is the upcoming... Um, uh, I guess turn-based, you know, um, supernatural Marvel game, uh, and Lego Star Wars: The Skywalker Saga, which I've still not beat because this game's just so huge, but it's a really fun game. Um, my guess is maybe more DLC, um, maybe like some Mandalorian levels or like the Rogue One or solo movies. They didn't they didn't put in there. So um, huge games, um, big 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 fun. Very excited for for some more Marvel IP to to kind of get out there in the, the game world. Lord of the Rings. The Dark Crystal and things, Mike. Um, not not really Dark Crystal. This is I just wanted to rhyme for a second. Uh, Lord of the Rings, the uh, series, franchise, rights, everything, uh, have now been acquired by a new owner called the Embracer Group. Um, they have acquired Middle Earth Enterprises, which is the company apparently that runs all this stuff. Um, I honestly... The Bracer Group sounds like an evil organization yeah. that you would see in a comic book, right? Yeah, it, it's very <laughs> ominous. Um, I didn't think Lord of the Rings was cheap enough to be purchased by somebody I'd never heard of before. Um, I, I figured there was a lot of money in, in the Lord of the Rings stuff, right? Uh, and Hobbit stuff. But this company now owns the worldwide rights to motion pictures, video games, board games, and merchandising, theme parks and stage productions relating to the iconic fantasy literary works of The Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit. Um, Man, I really <laughs> wonder what's going on there because I thought the last that we kind of talked, you know, in general about, like, Lord of the Rings, you know, being acquired, you know, for production by Amazon, right? I had the opinion in my head that it was kind of a little bit, like, James Bond in a way where like the Tolkien estate kind of had final say over exactly what could be done you know even though they could sell the rights of it so like I'm curious if that's still going on here too right you know I don't really I don't really know what's going on here is the Embracer group like owned by the Tolkien or something like that I feel like there's something else going on here where it can't be quite as simple as just like these people just outright own Lord of the Rings they can do whatever they want now um, I believe um, it, it is the yeah this company Middle Earth Enterprises. I pull up their wiki just to make sure. 
owns the worldwide exclusive rights to certain elements of Tolkien's The Hobbit and Lord of the Rings. Um, certain elements. <laughs> that To me, that sounds like not outright ownership. So Yeah, so um, apparently... Um, the uh, Tolkien inter- the Tolkien estate, uh, or I guess Tolkien himself, sold everything the, the the film stage and merchandise rights to United Artists in '68. So he actually was out of it pretty early on, um, before before he passed away. So um, yeah, they've been passing these back. I would and forth love to like. see. I mean, uh, we're not huge lord of the rings stands you know that know every little thing about the the universe but it would be kind of cool to see theme park right you mm-hmm. know yeah it almost seems like that's perfectly pitched for a place like universal you know that's always looking for like a big ip to compete oh, yeah. with like disney at the parks i mean it worked well for harry potter i mean come on a lord of the rings theme oh, park yeah. would be like so well, rad we, exactly i mean when i said that, i'm like oh this sounds pretty good like a, a theme park is great like that would be perfect. I know in, like, New Zealand where they filmed it, they still keep, like, the Hobbiton stuff, right? And people can go tour that stuff. But, like, bring it over here. Put one on the East Coast. Put one on the West Coast. Let's all go to the, you know, was it the the, the dancing, the prancing pony, right, in the first one? Well, can I have a drink? Maybe there's some rides where you get chased by ring race or uh, whatever. Um, oh, that'd be so cool. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you get you maybe get some battling stuff. You can stab a couple, you know, orcs or whatever. I don't know, but I, I did. I was looking into Embracer has come up twice for me this year. Um, the other um, one it was they actually bought um, Square Enix sold a bunch of their assets earlier this year, um, very cheap, um, including Crystal Dynamics, which makes the Avengers game, Eidos Montreal, which makes Tomb Raider the game, um, and some other stuff uh, because. Um, they're talking about Square Enix possibly being purchased by Sony outright. So Embracer now owns like a bunch of different properties, uh, apparently, like quite a bit of, of studios and stuff like that, uh, including Gearbox, which I believe does um, Borderlands. So I, I've never heard of this um, thing until, until recently, so it's, it's wild. But one of the, the concerning aspects of it was one someone mentioned very early on a, a quote from this article was other opportunities include exploring additional movies based on iconic characters such as Gandalf, Aragorn, Gollum, Galadriel, Eowyn, and other characters from the literary works of J.R.R. Tolkien. Ah, so we're trying to X-Men Origins this, huh? Yeah, yeah. See the origins of Gandalf, Aragorn, all these characters. Right. I mean, I'm I'm so glad that I'm not a uh, big Lord of the Rings fan, right? Because I feel like this could make people really, really worried. This is like something where I, I think, you know, again, Lord of the Rings and the the original trilogy and the extended editions are kind of like lightning in a bottle, really, right? Like, they happened, people love them, they're huge, you know, people who are obsessed with them. They're, they're fine to watch by people who aren't even obsessed with, like, you know, medieval fantasy realms things, right? Like, I enjoy watching them. Uh, I use one as a, a demo for my theater room. But, like, I don't want to go down this whole thing of, like, Oh, we're going to go tell you the history of Galadriel or like what happened to Galadriel right after the end of, you know, Return of the King kind of thing. So um, it's it's just really weird that they, they called out specifically additional movies in this whole realm of stuff they're buying. Right. Like I, I'd be like, oh, we have a Gollum video game coming out. We're going to really, you know, make that a really fun game about, you know, using stealth and having a good time or, um, 
you know, we were looking at possibly doing, you know, Lord of the Rings, the musical, like the, or like the stage production on Broadway. Right. But literally just caught the movies. It like made me pause and stop and think, I don't like this now. This sounds very bad for, for everyone involved along the way. Um, for sure. The other thing is, and, and, and again, we are not, you know, Lord of the Rings um, connoisseurs. So we, uh, this is for anyone who else we might not be. The Rings of Power on Amazon are based on a different book uh, called the, um, oh, what's that called? It's a, it's another book that's not Lord of the Rings and the Hobbit that has a different rights rules because uh, it was like a, I guess like an appendix or like a, 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 a the history of Middle Earth. Salmerillion. Yeah, the Salmerillion. I believe yeah. is what you're talking about. Yes, so um, that is licensed by Amazon currently, and that's where the Rings of Power exists. The same characters can live in both. Um like Gandalf and, and, and like, you know, the elves Galadriel and Elrond. But um, Amazon has the Rings of Power, which is a separate thing. They're not trying to say it's connected. They're also saying it's not connected to the movies. But, like, they're trying to make it its own thing, right? That's different than, than Lord of the Rings, like, ex- precisely. So um, they did not get that stuff. They will not own the Amazon rights to that along the way. Anything else, Mike? You um, going to take a trip down to Middle Earth with me when they when they open that theme park up? <laughs> I mean, it, it, just like uh, the video game conversation, if it takes like five, six years to make a video game, we're not going to be seeing that theme park for another mm-hmm. decade. The, the Super Mario Park still works, isn't it? They're still still cranking that sucker mm-hmm. out. So, all right, moving on. We've talked about this before. The CW was looking to sell itself months ago, right? Um, They're like, we need to we need to find someone to own us. Uh, we need a purchaser, um, whatever. Uh, and then Monday. Lose last Monday, maybe even Tuesday. Um, the company Nexstar um, now owns 75% stake in the CW channel. And when I read this, uh, the Nexstar people, I believe they own a lot of cable or not cable, like over the air channels. Like they have a, a stake in a lot of over the air um, networks you can still find. Uh, but these new owners are looking to target an older demographic with the CW, whereas previously the CW had been more of a, you know, um, teen to, to early 20s kind of channel well i mean what age group still watches you know broadcast based television Mm -hmm. right it's just we are aging out of it i always just thought it was crazy right that i just you know i could get these channels for free through an antenna but i just could not go onto their like website and watch it right? right you know uh, the internet has location-based data. They can still feed me the appropriate local television commercials. I just don't want to do it through a television and an antenna. So I'm sure there's some sort of like dumb like FCC like broadcast like you know contract rights out there that I you know I don't comprehend and I don't care about. But basically, that just means the younger generation cares less and less about attaching an antenna to anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, and cable channels are probably one of the bigger ways that people approach these uh, broadcast channels. But I don't have any of that. I cut the cord a, a long, long time ago. So I really only ever engaged with the CW when they were adding things to Netflix after the season finished airing or... Yeah. Uh, they had like an app too, which was kind of janky, but the sometimes seed? we would use it. Was that the CWC? Yeah, it was like it was it was like loaded with like ads too. So I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah. target the people that still visit your channel, and that's going to be an older demographic. I think this just shows you that all of like really the creative juices at the CW that was kind of collected to either 
uh, Warner Brothers or like Berlanti, you know, mm-hmm. it's probably going to be shifting over to streaming. Yeah. But who knows? We've been talking about streaming and yeah. HBO Max here in a little bit. So all of that is in the flux right now. Yeah. I think the only time I, I pull out my rabbit ears is a uh, Super Bowl time of the year, right? Like I don't, I, I like watching mm-hmm. the, the commercials live. So I, I really, I mean, pull it out. You know, that's the only time of year I think we watch the local. Um, yeah, I take it back. This year we pull out for the Kentucky Derby um, because I think there's like a streaming something on those something some issue with that and i didn't want to really pay for live tv for like a day like for a couple hours so um yeah like it's very 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 hard uh pressed to, to get me to watch live live tv as well so yeah next star um they they know who they know who's watching and they're coming for you you know who you are uh the flash uh is going for we talked about three options last week right Ezra Miller can <clears throat> acknowledge he's got problems, and they work it out, and the movie releases fine. They refilm the in- ending uh, with someone else, possibly Grant Gustin, after the CW has been sold and the Flash is canceled, or they scrap the film altogether. Well, and um, I, I guess events that surprise nobody, right? Uh, Ezra Miller has come out to apologize for his actions and says he is seeking help going forward for... Um, his behaviors and anything uh, other issues he's having, right, to make himself better. So it sounds like this is um, he's he's gonna go into some sort of rehab, try to keep a low profile until the Flash movie comes out next year. Um, I've heard the uh, th- tale as old as time. <laughs> yes, I've heard through the grapevine that the Flash is testing really positive with early audiences. So this is um, you know good that they don't have to change anything and they 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 don't scrap it for insurance purposes, Mike. So. Yes, we'll have to see. I, I feel like, you know, this is rehab in a sense of let's rehab his character or uh, their character in the public eye so we can release this movie. But I can't imagine there is a long tail strategy for this yeah. actor, right? The, they got liability written all over them. Let's just get your movie out there, get these box office dollars together. And who knows, maybe they'll take, maybe they'll get the exact help they need you know, and really turn it around. Uh, but I, I wouldn't bet on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, I could see, you know, knowing that the movie is still far away, he could possibly turn around, or, or I'm sorry, they could turn around and be just fine. Um, you know, he, they are a young actor. I don't think they're going to invite him back for Fantastic Beasts um, if that ever goes forward. <laughs> If he, <laughs> yeah, if there's anything yeah, to invite them back to. Yeah, if um, if there's more Flash in their future, you know, he possibly could be part of that. Um, and you know, there's there's opportunities, but you know, we've we've time will tell. We still have a little little under a year. Uh, relapse can happen for anybody uh, if they're not careful. So keep an eye. Um, Avatar, the movie, not the last Airbender. Uh, the one from James Cameron has been removed from Disney Plus and other streaming options as the theatrical release gets closer. And he was son of a bitch. Yep. I hate this, Chris. Yep. We we've been telling our audience for years, for years, we are going to do a whole review on the first mm-hmm. Avatar because our show did not exist when we all went to theaters to see that blue movie. And we, we were promising the audience that we were going to revisit that movie. And it was going to be kind of fun for me because I've only seen it once when it was in theaters, yeah. which I honestly was like a decade ago, right? Uh, so I, I'm looking to dive back into it, but it sounds like I will have to go through other means rather than the streaming service I already pay for. Mm-hmm. Really annoying. <laughs> well, I think here there's there's two, two sides. One, 
this is again Avatar One is being put out as a remastered 4K version, right, or whatever in theaters. So of course it was going to theaters. This it's not for the second one going to theaters, but I would also be surprised if they pull it for that too. Um, but hopefully maybe before the new one comes out, they will drop the 4K enhanced edition on on Disney Plus before we go see the second one. And that would be probably be a better case scenario because I would love to watch a newer than 1080p version of this movie right like i would really like to see that so maybe maybe that's what we can hope for yeah who knows maybe they're just taking it down so when they add it you know they can get that fresh news cycle Mm -hmm. and there is always a chance that this could just be a long long tail contract somewhere right you know even though disney did buy fox there could be a line item somewhere that said, you know, X number of months before the next Avatar sequel comes out, you know, this yeah. goes off of streaming, right? That could be a possibility, you know, and, you know, we'll just run past that, obviously, when, you know, Avatar 3 comes out. But mm-hmm. uh, either way, uh, luckily, I have a very close friend that has an online repository of content. Yeah. So if I need to find it, I don't think I'm going to have a problem finding it. Yeah, yeah I think uh, I, I'm pretty sure that friend already has the original version, but hopefully that 4K version drops pretty soon, or the <laughs> the, re, the redone version. I've also heard they're going to be doing a high frame rate version, like a, like a 30 or 60 FPS version of it. I'm like, I don't know if I want to watch that. It'd be kind of weird. Oh, I don't know. Yeah. All right, Mike, in uh, other video game news of things, franchises you love on your PlayStation, The Last of Us uh, is getting a, uh adaptation on HBO, right? Uh, maybe maybe HBO Max. I don't know if, it, if it's HBO proper, just Max. But the first footage from this show was shown this weekend um, because, of course, there is a Game of Thrones, um, was it House of the Dragon, I believe it's called, mm-hmm. um, series dropping. So, of course, all eyes are on HBO this weekend. Uh, and they decided to put out a, a big trailer full of other projects that are working on, that are confirmed, uh, coming soon, coming in the future. But, of course, they saved the biggest for last. Your first look at The Last of Us, Mike. <laughs> yes, I, I clicked on the link here in our show notes, and I was like, oh, no, Chris accidentally uh, put in the link for uh, a time code for partway through the trailer. Like, no, 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 you did a very nice thing of le- uh, linking exactly to this part of the sizzle reel where The Last of Us is, which means, unfortunately, we only get about 20 seconds, but it looks cool, looks great, it's coming out soon. It looks just like the video game. They're really nailing the aesthetic that they've built uh, from the game, but like, it's almost like they are in a great position where the game was built so well to like mimic real life in mm-hmm. a way. Uh, if this scenario was to ever transpire. So Last of Us looks great. But no, you bring up a good point where all eyes were on HBO uh, last night. I saw a video on Twitter where somebody was uh, walking through New York and they uh, took a video of the outside of this uh, apartment building where at least six of the units were all synced up watching uh, uh, House of the Dragon. So they must have... They either must have all hit play at the same time on their streaming device, or they still have like terrestrial, you know, in a sense, HBO, where it just airs at a certain time. But it was just like, oh, yeah, that's right. People loved Game of Thrones, and they're still going to come back when they make a sequel, yeah. even though we still have a bitter taste left in our mouth. Yeah. I mean, I, um, again, I'm indifferent to Game of Thrones. I, I never, I never got hooked on it. Um, you know, I missed like half of the middle of the, the season or the whole show. So uh, for me, I, I, I don't have that, that draw, but like, you know, watching this Last of Us, 
what I really want to see, Mike, are the clickers, right? I really want to see their um, oh yeah the, the enemies in this. Um, so I, I'm sad they didn't show that. However, I mean, uh, like you mentioned, I've seen clips from the game. I know the color palette of the game, and this color palette matches up pretty good. Um, with you know, again, our Mandalorian Pedro Pascal himself, and um, I forget the actress's name, but she was also in Game of Thrones um, as the the little la- the lady of the the one house. So. Um, yeah, really cool. Check that out again. I, I link right to the time code uh, in the in the show notes, so you don't have to, to. You can watch the whole trailer if you want, but we know what you want to see in there. Speaking of HBO Max, um, things that have been leaving bad taste in our mouth this week, Mike. Um, <laughs> we're, we're just gonna. I'm just gonna jump into this first and foremost. HBO Max has removed 36 shows and movies, a mixture of both, from their platform. Uh, and that includes HBO Max Originals, which, you know, when you say that, sounds shocking. Uh, things that you might, mm-hmm. you know, uh, I know th- th- were, and a lot of these series I, and movies I didn't know, but the ones I did know, Sesame Street, the longest running public TV show ever. Uh, a lot of the episodes pre-season, I believe, 32, like, I think 200 episodes just gone off the service. Uh, Infinity Train, Mike, I know you're a big fan of that um, show. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Aquaman, King of Atlantis, a DC property in and of itself. It's not even that old. I believe it's very, kind of, still kind of new. Uh, it was just wiped clean. Wiped from the, the face of streaming uh, this week in the blink yeah. of an eye. It's crazy. It just vanishes. And uh, luckily I found a lot of like sane voices out there on Twitter that seem to have like legal backgrounds uh, in the entertainment industry. Like we always say, we would love to have a Patreon just so we could hire an entertainment lawyer for this show, uh, right? But uh, apparently when you buy, you know, or merge with another organization, it's almost kind of like resetting the clock for acquisitions of these materials and you can remove these things and still gain the tax incentive, right? Because like we just saw with uh, Batgirl getting canceled, they can do that because that's kind of happening within this calendar year. It's still new. It's fresh. Hasn't come out yet, right? So it's like, how do you declare a tax write-off for something that's been out for years? Well, that's what happens when two giant companies merge. They can start, you know, shedding their yeah. uh, inventory, right, to yeah. save on well- uh, t- taxes which is just crazy that it's crazy that like a little cartoon you know like infinity train that really captured the hearts of a lot of people can just vanish and disappear right (laughs) just because they're trying to fix a balance sheet like it's not it's it's gone like and as as far as i've heard it's permanent it's not like they can wait until the next tax year and bring it back it's gone forever there like they, is they don't own it anymore. There is a secondary argument to this, uh, a reasoning, and we'll get to that here in a minute, Mike. But I would say, you know, you mentioned all of it going away. Not, not just Infinity Train, but other shows. Uh, their YouTube channels, their soundtracks on Spotify, their DVD copies on like Amazon and other things wiped completely clean. Every bit of this gone, um, and those I don't believe are tax writers, but those will tie into. The reason I've, I've been seeing the most out of this is finances. Uh, like you talked about, right? They're saving money. Residuals are paid to cast, crew, writers, and other people involved every time something is streamed, sold, or, um, I guess, accessed by, by an outside source, right? So 
uh, every time you watch uh, something or, or, or buy a DVD, you know, they have to pay certain people part of this, right? It's not just all the money goes back to, to Warner Brothers and they pocket it and nobody else gets anything. All the actors and, and writers and people, producers get this little bits of money off of it. You've seen, you've seen all those um, old shows where they're like, oh, you get little checks for like pennies in the mail, right? But you get hundreds of them over time if you're getting residuals. Mm-hmm. So a lot of the stuff they were, are they, because of their, they own it on HBO Max, they can actually terminate that immediately rather than finish out a contracted agreement with someone they're licensing that from. If they're borrowing it, they can't do that. Uh, but if they own it, they can cut it immediately and start quote unquote saving money right out the gate. Um, which was I was like, oh, it's just HBO Max is great. That 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 sucks. But you know, here's that's the the, the where the reach stops. But I cannot believe all the stuff YouTube, you know, trailers and and places to listen to to, to songs or music. You know, Spotify links, DVD sales just gone like in the blink of an eye. Like only resellers now have them, right? Like. Um, scalpers, if you will, or people who are selling their own personal collection. So that is just, you know, my mind's blown here. And the the other thing here is like all the targeted titles seem to be either kid related, right? Because uh, of all the animation and the Sesame Street or reality programming HBO Max had. Um, and I have a little bit of insight onto the reality programming one if you would like that a little bit. Yeah. Okay. Well, David Zaslav, who came from Discovery, uh, does not believe in um, you know doing any more scripted content, and he thinks all of the reality programming from Discovery will supplement anything on HBO. So um, I was talking with a friend of the show, Patrick, who actually he literally sent me that video. Um, of the, the the houses in New York, like earlier today on on TikTok, mm-hmm. but uh, he pulled up. We pulled up the quote here where we were um, we were talking about it here, but like um, you know, he says, and I'm gonna quote: uh, "Scripted has had its moment. This is our time." So he is literally uh, going against all of the scripted content they've ever made on HBO Max. Like he he hates it. He doesn't want to do it anymore. But then we were discussing how HBO literally is known grew its, its, its whole culture on scripted content on there, right? Like, literally, the last bullet point was a show, a trailer showing all the scripted content HBO provides, and they're pushing it this weekend. So... Yeah, it's real, It's crazy just to kind of see. It feels like we're really uh, leaving this era of streaming services that have just felt like, you know, uh, startup companies out of Silicon Valley, right? You know, Netflix was just running off of investor money for years and years and years, and then when you have these older media companies that need to make their own streaming services, they can't act quite like a, a, a quirky little company out of uh, San Francisco that has billions of dollars of investors in it. You got to start making these hard cuts, and like Netflix is even starting to pivot to that as well. And it almost seems like the strategy now is not necessarily to have like a big, robust catalog where you can put like a big number in front of people's faces, like you know, on your marketing graphics of like oh we have like you know 10,000 20,000 titles it seems the the game here is just to make 12 really good things a year right mm-hmm. you know if you can just make 12 things to make people subscribe every single month 
Like, why would you go out of your way to make a large, robust well, catalog when you're just trying to capture, you know, 15, yeah. you know, bucks a month? So, unfortunately, it feels like that's where it's going, which means, you know, this whole idea of, like, competition between these streaming services is now moving from quantity to let's just get the bucks, you know? Well, I don't know. It, it seems a little dystopian, so, unfortunately. So what I um, had had also, you know, looking into this because it was, it was going down a rabbit hole is that a lot of um, the reason Netflix is failing is because it has too much content, right? And you don't know, and they don't know how to display all that content, right? They try to do top tens and recommend it, but like you kind of get in the same cycle, the same loop over and over again. Um, so having too much content has been paralyzing people from actually utilizing some of these streaming services. And um, to the effect, Disney has actually done the opposite. And that's why they've not merged Hulu, ESPN, and Disney Plus yet into one platform because they see, uh, again, three services equals three times the amount of money, right, if you're paying. But also the smaller chunks allow people to be able to utilize them more and will bounce between those apps more frequently if they know what's there and, and how to present it, if you will. Um, so I feel, you know, I, I HBO culling all this stuff, literally, uh, again, they own it. It's 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 stupid. I, I don't like reality television. I, I even joke, like, I wonder how many Discovery subscriptions are actually... Uh, doctor's offices and dentist's rooms, right? Like, um, <laughs> rather than actual end users at the end of the day. Um, I will tell you the only unscripted content I would watch is probably like a game show network, uh, which is, you know, something I can put on the background. But I'm not I'm not here to watch your HGTVs. I'm not here to to watch... Um, I don't even know what else is unscripted. I, I'm starting a well, uh, food network, maybe. The only thing... Yeah, the only thing that we can hope, right, is uh, CEOs are always uh, replaceable. If they don't see their stock price turn mm -hmm. in the right direction, uh, they get canned and they get replaced. So we just have to hope that there's enough competition out there in the landscape to push for captivated content. Yeah. And maybe this is where Zavlov, is that Z his name? Zavlov, yeah. Zavlov, maybe he gets an education here this week yeah. with the new game of thrones spinoff yeah you know coming out right of like oh crap this is what analytics looks like mm -hmm. for a show uh and you can't sell merch you know for right. a reality show like you can sell like a couple like t-shirts to you know to some yeah well um, you you can't like some I, house I, spouses right? i think you can't you can't tap into a zeitgeist you know w with with reality programming right like it's it's all the same format. It's all cut the same. I, again, I, I went to school to learn how to make movies and, and TVs, and I, you can see the patterns and everything, right? Like, I'm like, I always know where this is going. Like, they cut on the drama, and, and things are very predictable. Um, you know, we were on Amazon for a while watching Hell's Kitchen. I'm like, I know exactly how every one of these is going to go, like, every time. Um, so it, it's just really, you know... I, what he has said is is an affront to people who who like HBO, and that HBO you know has become you know will or hopefully does not become something of of the Discovery Network, if you will. Uh, I would I would love to them, even though I'm not watching House of the Dragon. There are other things on HBO I would like to to watch. Um, you know, a fifth and final season of Westworld would be fantastic for me. Um, I'm glad that what was it? Um, Our flag uh, means death you know, uh, is getting, mm -hmm. uh, another season, thankfully. So there's, there's good stuff on here that needs to, you know, continue to happen. 
um, that that isn't uh, reality based. Um, most they also laid off a bunch of people at HBO Max, but it was really the reality programming staff, which I actually didn't know HBO Max had its own reality programming, so that that's that's on me. But I'm not the audience for that. I will say the last thing I want to say is, uh, you know, they are really. Um, I don't know if they're trying to sweeten the pot to, because of everything going on or or what, but they literally are doing a new um, pricing right now promotion for this through the end of October. So if you join HBO Max for a year, um, it's $105 for a year of ad-free. Normally it's $150. Or if you go for the HBO Max um, ad-supported, it's 70 for the year compared to 100 Now, I get mine through my phone plan, so um, hopefully that doesn't go away because I don't know I would ever support a... Um, I guess a, a scriptless HBO Max offering. Yeah. Well, way. I looked in. I looked into it to see, you know, if uh, an existing account could do this, and it wouldn't let me do it. Really? I actually okay. Tried. It. It's. I think it's supposed to be for new or returning accounts. Oh, returning. And I think that's yeah, kind sorry. of how the. Yeah. I think that's how the language is written down there. So, but it's not hard to make a new email address, right? Right. You can always. You can always create a new account if. You foresee twelve months of HBO Max in your future, right? Exactly. I, I again, I'm, I'm happy mine is paid for, but I'm not thrilled this week. Like, if I was ever to like, it, out of out of, I guess, um, I don't, I don't know, like, just how I felt, I would probably cancel HBO Max if it was not included with my um, actual uh, phone plan. So it's, it kind of sucks. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, anyway, let's wrap this episode up by talking about She-Hulk, which is fresh for you and about a week old for me at this point. So, um, we are, we are coming at this different. So She-Hulk debuted on Disney plus this Thursday and will be on Thursdays for the next eight weeks. Um, nine episodes for this, a half hour comedy show. And I think that stays true, uh, by watching this episode, Mike, um, you know, this is probably, I mean, for the first episode of a Disney plus, you would say this is probably like the most memeable episode based on the internet this week uh for sure uh yeah (laughs) and uh some memes that i definitely could not uh avoid Avoid. unfortunately until i got a chance to watch it today i was like there's something in here about steve rogers i keep seeing this dude's (laughs) name yeah pop up next to she hog for like the whole weekend so i finally got to figure out what that was today yeah yeah so um yep so we're gonna talk about the first episode if you've not seen it you can go watch it literally it's like 25 20 25 to 30 minutes without credits right so i mean it, it's it's a breeze of an episode um mike what do you think about it uh i think the second half of the episode definitely redeems the the first half uh there's a lot of very convenient contrived uh plot at the beginning that sets up kind of how our well i mean we're talking about spoilers yeah, like yeah. The, the 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 fact that um that she has to get her arm cut on the way out of the car, right? And then she has to go pull Bruce out of the car as well. And he also has to get cut. And then it has to bleed directly on top of her open cut, which is in a very specific location for the like the blood transfusion to happen. I was just like, you really couldn't think of a more elegant way to do this? Like, it seemed very very ham-fisted and really inefficient like there's so many other ways you could have got her 
like a little bit of Bruce blood in her and that I think could have been more interesting as well right mm. this almost just seemed like more of an accident just happen chance it was like fate if you will right I think it almost would have been more interesting if she was on like the verge of death or something and she had to make the choice of well do I die or do I take this blood and become a Hulk or something or maybe you know she was about to lose it and Bruce made the, the decision for her and you, you have that conflict in between the two of them reinforced but no it just they just happened to swap some blood in an accident but I just tried my best to look past it and then once we got into the second half of the episode where you know she was learning to be the hulk you know and they have that fun banter back and forth that's where i found a lot of the fun and a lot of the hope and optimism for the show going forward mm-hmm. i i would say um if, if if you're focusing on the how she gets her powers i think that's the wrong part of the, you know, the thing to focus on like i i she could have started the episode the whole thing is a she hulk but i do enjoy the the it, it is a not everything in this is a nod and a wink at the camera right like everything is like hey look we know this is goofy we know this is silly but we're having fun doing it um and you know one of the things i was worried about you know not not for personal but like you, you have a hulk and a she hulk for most of this episode right like they're not like you get a little bit of human bruce banner um and uh, tatiana maslani she goes back and forth between you know um jennifer walters and and and, and her she hulk alter ego so i was worried like you know how's this gonna look um but i i, I can feel confident that they put their money into this um making um them both look good and believable for this right for the for most of this episode i think it was really fun to um you know like you said once they got into it with you know with most of it literally most of the show 90 percent or more is what bruce and um jennifer like you know talking back and forth like bruce like here's the book on how i became the hulk and she's like I don't need it. Um, kind of like, the, yes, you have to deal with your other ego the whole time. Um, so I, I thought that was uh, interesting to, to find Bruce's, I guess, quote unquote, happy place, right? Like really his little his little tiki bar. He had his moments with um, Tony Stark there. Their, their initials were etched in the counter kind of thing. Um, did you see the Ultron mask uh, in his living room when she came in? Uh, was that an Ultron mask or was that... Uh, like an old Iron Man. That's, that's, the old, that's, that's what I thought it was. That's the first Ultron. Um, whenever he he takes over the Iron Legion body and they fight him in the the oh, Avengers Tower, that's the mask okay. from that. So I thought that was a really cool callback because technically Bruce, you know, uh, um, created uh, was the other half of creation of Ultron. Um, the um, yeah, I really like the ladies who picked her up at the um, the bar and, everyone, and they were all like, "We're gonna help you get back." Like, honey, who did this? You know, we're gonna put makeup on you. And like dolled her up real fast in the bar on the way out. Um, I, I think mm-hmm. I think it's a, it's a pretty good show. I, I, again, I think they lean into the comedy. They hit with the jokes. Um, it, it was just a good time, and, and it looked good while doing it. Which I was very concerned about. But I also read um, yesterday or maybe today that this was actually supposed to be like the seventh or eighth episode originally uh, when they were writing it. Like they weren't going to reveal how she got her powers until later. So it was interesting to to kind of look back on it with that mindset a little bit. Like, oh, this could have been much later down the road. Um, well, I mean, this was definitely a better route to go because if they're going to wait to reveal how she got her powers, it would need to be a little bit more interesting, like yeah. I said before, of like just a, well, uh, like I, a, a happy, inconvenient accident. I you know? think there is a... Uh, the the the, the Sakaran ship that's there that Bruce is like I don't know why it's here I need to look in it I think this has a plot point down this ep- down this season oh and was gonna, yeah and that, for sure well, we, he 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 
he basically looks at the camera and says, "Guess what, everybody? I'm gonna look up and yeah. I'm gonna look in on this. Well, and you'll see more of me later on this ship." My <laughs> guess is you're gonna get to that reveal and then find out that that ship caused the accident down the road. Like I, I think that was might have been how it might have been written. So I'm interested to see how that plays yeah, out. How, how Bruce is in here. Um, you know, it was very fun. I get. I like her talking to the camera more than I thought I would. I think. I think the nod and the wink at the camera with the literal stuff is is very fun. Uh, hopefully we get some reasoning for that. Um, if not, well, I won't be upset. But I, you know, she's doing. She was doing that before Deadpool did it in her books because she knew it was kind of goofy. So um, it's fun to see that carry through. Um, yeah, overall, I mean, I, I, it's a short episode, right? You you really get to see her just kind of learn how to control her power. There's a very very powerful, uh, I guess, empowering speech where she talks about how women have to control their anger more frequently than men. So that's why she can do it better than you know men and i thought that was a very good speech to have in this you know about you know again empowering women you know things they have to deal with on a regular basis which you know they even showed early on when the men were harassing her at the bar outside so um i I thought it was good my wife really liked that part as well i think i think she was she was really digging the um for lack of a better term girl power i guess of this of this episode as well so um yeah uh I mean, I guess. I mean, unless you got something else to say, we can talk about the post-credit scene, right? I mean, it's one, one of the one of the three <laughs> yes. moments where they they cut off the F word in the MCU at this point. So yes, Captain America F's really yep. funny, uh, great stuff. If they're gonna lean into more humor like that, I'm definitely for it because uh, even though the MCU uh, will go ultra violent at some point in time, you mm-hmm. know, and show blood and faces getting beat up. Uh, not a lot of swear words. I mean, literally Captain America will tell language. Yeah. Uh, so it's nice to get a little bit of that. Uh, that's what happens, Steve, when you're not around anymore. You're an old man. You can't wag your finger at anybody That's anymore. right. He's telling people uh, to get off his lawn. Or is he, is it, or he's not, like, he's technically not even there anymore, right? He, like, went, no, like, it, where is old Steve? He, where, he, where is current old Steve that we saw at the end of Endgame? He is in this timeline somewhere. They they have they have he told just wandering us wandering around. Well, <laughs> supposedly he died in the Falcon and Winter Soldier, right? Uh, that that's why he they they started the whole show about him being dead, right? Or later, that's how that's how Sam gets the shield kind of thing. But we don't know if he's really dead. I could totally see them like now we're hiding the real Steve. We're not telling everyone Steve Rogers went back in time and stayed here forever, kind of thing. We don't know where he is out there feeding feeding the ducks going in the libraries and making sure people aren't looking at pornography yeah you know just really doing street level uh hero he's asking his grandkids how do i order something on amazon he he just wants to know he's (laughs) got to get he's got to get something on amazon yeah but she hulk give it a solid b hoping that it turns around and improves but Obviously, I'm very cautious. I haven't been super warm on a lot of the Disney Plus shows so far. But as we've said in the past couple episodes, this is the last in that first kind of bulk order of Disney Plus uh, Marvel shows. Uh, I don't know if this one necessarily had the longest tail of development because they've shifted a lot of release dates of stuff around. So uh, well, we don't know if this is really the last one. To yeah, get I would off, but this is the last from the, that group. Well, I would say it probably has the most time in CG uh, post production work than any of the other ones. So mm-hmm. it could have been filmed with those and it's just on the in, on the tail end because of that effect, right? Like it's like yeah. we have a lot. Of, we have to make someone and, green the whole episode. Yeah, and I thought the visuals looked 
they looked fine. Yeah. You know, they, they weren't exactly stellar. I wasn't, my jaw wasn't dropping, but, you know, if seeing two par. kind of CG characters on screen sharing time, it, it didn't it didn't bother me that much. So yeah. I, I would say they have elevated themselves it, past the uh, drama of that first trailer that yeah. came out. Yeah, and I would, I would honestly say, you know, it's it was comforting to have Mark Ruffalo there for a lot of this, right? Like, like oh, an old, like a classic Avenger. And I know we had Hawkeye. It's, a, it's, it's different, but like, like Bruce Banner is like he's in here and his, you know, Mark Mark Ruffalo is doing his voice. He's doing everything that we've known him to be for you know, through through all the Avengers movies. I think that was a very like I don't know, comforting kind of addition to this first episode to to ease us into it. Even I would say, so um, we'll see. I don't I don't expect him to be in a lot more, um, but you know, uh, I do know we do know Abomination is on the on the horizon, right? Um, Emil Blonsky, so uh, and Wong from the trailer, right? When are we going to get Wong? So, uh, mm-hmm. cross our fingers for a lot more cameos as we do go through these every every Thursday. So, all right, well, that's it for this week, Mike. Let's wrap this episode up. If people want to know what you're doing, what you're up to, where can they find you at? Well, they can find me at Mike Royer Design on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok, and you can read my web comics at pickledcomic.com. Chris, people want to catch up with you. Find, can they find you? Find me on Twitter, Valdan, V-A-L-D-A-N, or Instagram, Valdan87. People know about the show, where they can learn more, uh, get everything else, where can they do all that fun stuff? Uh, obviously, go visit our headquarters, which is superheroslate.com. That is the best place to find all the avenues we host our show and to get our awesome show notes. So if you want to see that Last of Us footage or that uh, concept art from Thor Love and Thunder or even that previs from Doctor Strange Multiverse of Venice, we got that all in our show notes. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, YouTube, Spotify, wherever else you love to listen to find podcasts. You can like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter and Instagram, and you can get merch at superheroslate.com slash store. We love hearing from you. Please reach out. What are you watching right now? What are you upset that got cut from HBO Max? Are you canceling your subscription? Let us know. Keep us in the know. If you want to be a super fan, all you got to do is share the show with a friend. Share the show with a buddy. We'll be here every week, folks. That's right, and we will see you this week probably on our regularly scheduled program. Yes. Bye. Thanks for listening, and don't forget to subscribe.